Welcome to the Cornerstone Vineyard Weekly Message Podcast. We are enthusiastic about all ages pursuing, experiencing, and having an authentic relationship with Jesus, others, and our community. Join us as we open God's Word and seek His direction in our lives. So anyway, just keep praying for us, um, and I'm excited to kind of share what God's going to do with that, okay? Um, All right, with that, then we're going to jump into our teaching this morning. If you want to grab a Bible, you can turn to Mark chapter 5. That's where we're going to land today. Mark 5. If you don't have a paper Bible with you, you can uh, grab one of the paper Bibles. They're spread about about every other seat or so in the auditorium. Uh, or you can go to sermons.church on a browser on your device and search for Cornerstone Church and all the scriptures, fill in the blanks, everything will be there for you with our interactive message notes uh, this morning, all right? And uh, to get us started today, we're going to play a little game. You guys up for a little game this morning? All right, we're going to play a little game. So, uh, Tim, don't, I'll tell you when to bring it up, but here in a minute, our media tech is going to bring up a, a couple of pictures, and here's what I want you to do. Based on the pictures and the pictures only, I want you to figure out the phrase that it represents, okay? Only on the pictures, the phrase that it represents. You guys got it? All right, what phrase does this represent? Go. Yeah, there we go. All right, you are the winner, sir. Xavier's got an everlasting father. Now, I know some of you are like, what? So if you remember, that is, that is Willy Wonka and the everlasting. everlasting gobstopper. And that's Jimmy Fallon's kid book, Dada, right? So everlasting father. Like, and Angela's like, well, what are you doing, right? <laughs> so I use that this morning because the everlasting father uh, you probably heard that before. Uh, we're going to focus on the everlasting father this morning. And I almost kind of did maybe a better uh, introduction would have been like the whole Luke, Luke. <laughs> I, uh, but I thought y'all, y'all know that one too well, you know? So I had to make it a little more tricky. But today we're going to talk about this idea, not of a candy everlasting thing, but we're going to talk about an everlasting father. And I will tell you, I'm pretty stoked about this teaching. Um, and so I think you'll discover why as we go through this morning. But, but some of you know that we get this phrase, Everlasting Father, from Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6, which we've been looking at the last couple of weeks. It's our theme verse for our message series that we're doing this Christmas called, He Shall Be Called. And it says this, it says this in Isaiah 9, 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, there it is. That's what we're going to study today. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And I don't know about you, but I was, when I was talking, working through this this week, I was thinking how comforting it is to read that his name shall be called Everlasting Father. If we're a follower of Christ, we have become his, we, our lives have been given to him, and he is, he is ours, and we are his forever. Forever. Like, that's pretty comforting to me. There will be no goodbyes with him. It actually says in Romans chapter 8, verse 39, it says, Neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. There, nothing in all creation will be able to separate us from his love, the everlasting Father. He is an everlasting Father, and that is amazing. Actually, theologian Charles Spurgeon once said this. He said, There is no unfathering Christ, and there is no unchilding us. He is everlastingly a father to those who trust in him. Cool to think about, this everlasting father. And so we're gonna focus on that today and a couple of specific keys about the everlasting father through a text 
that actually I mentioned last week when I was going through the teaching. Uh, it's in Mark chapter five. And it's an actually interaction that, that Jesus has with a, a woman and specifically heals her of this, of this uh, issue that she had with, uh, with bleeding. And uh, I think there's some great truths in here about this everlasting father that we can pull out of that. And so let's pick it up. Mark chapter five, verse 25 says this. It says, and a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had, yet instead of getting better, she got worse. When she, grew, uh, when she heard about Jesus, she came uh, up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And once Jesus realized that power had gone out from him, he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you, his disciples answered, and yet you ask who touched me? But Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet and trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. He said to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. And uh, I, man, I love that, that chunk of scripture, and I'm, I'm excited to dive into that today. But before we do, our title this morning is this, He Shall Be Called Everlasting Father. And in that chunk of scripture that we read about in this, uh, with this woman, I see a couple important truths uh, from her interaction with Jesus here, um, some reasons to be confident, be confident in him, be confident in Jesus, the everlasting Father, which I want to give those to you today. But before I do, I want to pause and pray. So if you would pray with me. So God, we take a breath here for a moment and pray as we look into this text today and, and, and look at it through the lens of this everlasting Father nature of you, Lord Jesus. God, we pray that as uh, we do, that you would make our hearts, our souls, our minds sticky and supernatural things would stick to us. God, that we would benefit from the next few minutes together, that you would change us, you would mold us, you would shape us into things, God, that only you can do. Because it's not about what I have prepared today. It's about your spirit moving among us and changing us and, and just transforming us. So do that, we pray. Let this just wash over us today. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we have two points today. You can fill this first one in. Be confident in the everlasting Father because we've been chosen for adoption. Be confident in the everlasting Father because we've been chosen for adoption. Now, I, I, I want to start, actually, this is kind of a little uh, uh, unorthodox for me. I, I tend to, like, kind of do things in chronological order. But today, to actually start off the kind of pack, unpacking this, I want to start in the last verse that we just read and kind of pick it up there. It's kind of what led me down this path of being chosen for adoption. It says in verse 34, it says, Daughter, your faith has healed you. And that verse right there is actually the reason why I picked this particular text uh, for today, Jesus calls her daughter. And I find that significant. I mean, uh, I know, like I was thinking this week, like there's some guys out there that I call bro. I'm like, yo, bro, what's up? <laughs> right? You probably do. Like, uh, like even my kids were like, yo, bro. Right? They'll, like they'll say like, bro, like, and so like I do that. We have some people we call bro or, you know, whatever. They have no relation to us, those kind of things. Um, and, and so that happens. But, but think about for a second. I mean, the like how abnormal it would be to call somebody a stranger, a perfect stranger, your daughter. 
That, that would be culturally a little, like if you'd be in a conversation and you would call somebody your daughter, like, who's not your daughter, who has no relation to you, that even might stop them in their tracks. They might be like, well, dude, this, this dude's awkward. Right? It was because it was so extremely out of the ordinary, it would feel a little weird. But can I say it this way, folks? What I, wanted to, I want us to catch today is that this actually was not so out of the ordinary, it was actually extraordinary. At least it was for her. This is really huge. And some of you know this, but remember that she was dealing with this issue of blood. And so she was dealing with what most women deal with, with a monthly cycle, a normal female function in the body. But she was doing so for 12 years. And in biblical times... Uh, again, contextually, we have to understand that in biblical times, when this was happening, this time of the month for women, it made them, quote unquote, unclean for seven days. And for anybody who touched that woman during those seven days, they themselves would also become unclean. And so for these women who would go through this in biblical times, they were, for seven days, were, were kind of ignored and they were disregarded in order so those people wouldn't find themselves unclean. And so she, this woman, in our context today in this text, that never stopped for her for 12 whole years. She was constantly ignored, constantly disregarded. It became her life month after month and year after year. It became her entire life. And I was thinking, putting myself in her shoes, I would think I can't even put my, 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 my mind, can't even understand what that might've felt like for her for 12 years. Being labeled unclean. That label enough would be hard to carry around. And yet, this she carried around year after year. And then everyone disassociating themselves with her. I had to be so hard. But Jesus. But Jesus is the first to say to her in 12 years. Imagine he's the first one to say to her in 12 years being healed. No, no, no. I choose you. I'm not going to disregard you. I'm not going to disassociate myself with you. I love that because what it does, at least what I was kind of, and again, putting this in context today for us as folks, is it showcases the everlasting father nature of Jesus. When all else fails in your life, when all else fails in my life, he still chooses us like a good dad would and does. Ah, oh, that feels so good to have an everlasting father. And for some of you in the room, that's really good news for you today because you may have feel Maybe you felt or maybe you currently feel like this woman in our story. You've experienced a lack of being chosen like she did. Maybe it was this week. Maybe it's been in this last year. Maybe it's been in the last few years of, of, of the challenge of the, of the pandemic and all the political unrest and all those kind of things. Maybe you have felt this, this lack of being chosen or, or maybe it's been something that you've experienced your entire life as a, as a, from a child. I was thinking like it could be as simply because I know we have some students in the room. Maybe it's simply like you were that person who dreaded going to gym class because you knew you would always be the last one picked. Or maybe for some of you, you, you it's in your workplace. And be, you know, this week you, you got hung out to dry and your boss it had, it made you take all the heat for the mistake even though it was her idea. Or even for some of you, you've been abandoned by a parent or a spouse or a boyfriend or a girlfriend. They've, they've left. 
You see, I, I know that in a group this size, the, the truth is that some of you have experienced the lack of being chosen like she did. And, and it's good news, folks. What I want you to hear today, and the reason I get excited about this message is because you got, I want you to hear is that Jesus is your everlasting father. Though that maybe some pain has happened in this life, the truth is you have an everlasting father that can look at you and everybody else is going to disassociate with you and he's going to say, no, I choose you. Take a look at a couple other scriptures. First Peter 2, 9 says, but you, that's you and me, you and I are chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. Uh, I love this part, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful life. See, you are chosen. John 15, 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you. God chose you. Some of you need to hear that today. Ephesians 1, 4, for he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. See, you've been chosen, we've been chosen, folks, since the creation of the world. How many of you know you weren't, you weren't born yesterday? See, he chose you before you, were even, before you were even thought of by your parents. He chose you. Imagine, just for a second, how good it must have felt for this woman to be chosen. Put yourself in her shoes for just a minute. Just, just think about that. Oh, would it have felt so amazing to be chosen, being disassociated with for 12 whole years. Actually, I was thinking, gosh, that would have been like, it would have been like the most incredible day. Like this would have been the best days of her life, I think. And I was trying to think of like a way to illustrate that um, so that we can really grasp it. And so uh, we're going to try this illustration. I'm not sure it's going to work, but we'll try it. Um, so today I actually brought with me a $50 bill. <laughs> Some of you got excited already. <laughs> and so here's what I want to know. Anybody want this $50 bill? Raise your hand if you want this $50 bill. Okay, just keep your hands up. Keep your hands up if you want this $50 bill. Okay, uh, and so here's what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say. I'm going to actually uh, pick someone today. Uh, Emily, why don't you come up here? Emily, why don't you come up here? All right, uh, everybody give Emily a round of applause as, as she comes up. Okay, so Emily, here's the thing. This $50 bill is gonna be yours. You just have to answer one question. Can you answer one question for me? Okay, so here's the question. So when you, came, when you got up this morning, you got ready to come to church, you had no idea that I was gonna give you a $50 bill. No, so I'm gonna give, I am gonna give it to you, okay? Um, and when I do, how do you think that's gonna make you feel? Happy? Yeah, happy, pretty happy. How many of you know it's gonna be pretty happy, right? Yeah, so coming to church, getting a $50 bill kind of changes some things inside of you, right? And then you can take me out to lunch. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Just kidding. All right, you can go take a seat. All right, everybody give her a round of applause. So now I don't know if that, that kind of fits with you, but, but like, so here was my thought this week as I was like, hey, uh, cool, like I just give a $50 bill away. Right, are you taking everybody in that section out for lunch? Is that what you're doing? Okay, good, all right. But, but the reason I had Emily ask, answer the question because that makes her pretty happy that to, to be chosen felt pretty good. It feels pretty good. 
And, and so I, I don't know if that translates for you, but man, I tell you what, like I've had people bless me with stuff like that in the past. And I'm like, holy cow. Like, like somebody just actually sent me $500 yesterday and said, hey, your, your, um, your wife and you have a 20th anniversary, 20th anniversary coming up. Go do something fun. That was fun. It felt good to be chosen. And if I can transition this to us, folks, like here, here's the truth is in the context today, it is so good to be chosen by a holy God and everlasting father. Amen. It is so good. Like whatever emotions that Emily was feeling that I was feeling yesterday when I got that, 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 that gift, I was like, like take that and multiply that like a hundred and we might actually get to the way we feel when we're chosen by a holy God. And see, this, this, this illustration kind of breaks down a little bit because the truth is I only have one $50 bill. Well, actually, I've got another one in this pocket for next service, but okay. But here's the cool thing about our God, folks, is that although I was only able to cho choose one for the $50 this morning, the mighty God that we, we actually studied last week, you see, the mighty God has the power to choose every single one of us. And imagine on, on, on your worst day, him saying to you, like he did to this woman, no, I choose you. And it would be even way better than a $50 bill. You see, we are chosen. And here's the beautiful, beautiful thing about beyond just being chosen is that he knows us. He knows you. He knows me. Look at Psalm 139 verse 13 says, for you created my inmost being, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Luke 12, 7. Indeed, the very hairs on your head are all numbered. He knows you. He, he knows me. He, he's put us together anyway. He created us, right? And he knows the number of hairs on, or lack thereof in my case, on your head. He chose us back then. And here's what I want you to hear today, folks. He chooses you again today. He chooses you again today. He, he chose us when we were baking in the womb and he chose us when we, were, uh, when we were born and he chose us when we were five and when we were 17 and when we were 77. He chooses you every single day, every single day. And I tell you, to know that, to embrace that, that feels pretty darn good. Can I tell you that he even knows your name? It actually says in Isaiah 43, one says, but now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, Jacob, and us, because he created us too. He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, and us. Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. He specifically chooses you by name. Come on, somebody. How good it feels. How good it feels to be chosen by a holy God. An everlasting father, chosen. And not just picked out of a crowd. I was thinking this week, I was like, you know, like, oh, he might go, like, uh, I was at the store and you know, the stores are crazy right now and you see everybody at the store, right? And so like, I see people like, oh, hey, look, there's somebody from church, those kind of, and I can pick somebody out, whatever. But like, God doesn't just like say, oh, hey, look, there's Matt. No, no. The second half of this is actually the really sweet part of this. Not only does he see us and choose us, but he chooses, remember if you, your handout might say this, is that he were chosen for what? For adoption. And if we look back at that verse again, verse 34 says, daughter, your faith has healed you. The title Jesus uses is what? Daughter. We have been chosen to become a family member of the king, y'all. 
the Lord of Lords. And it says in Ephesians chapter one, the end of verse four and also verse five says this, it says in love, he predestined us for what? For adoption to sonship and daughtership through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will. We have been chosen to become, to become a family member with the king. I don't know about you, but that gets me pretty excited. I was thinking this week about, um, it's like this, I, I had, I've had the privilege of witnessing the adoptions of a few foster kids the past few years. A few of them have been in our church family. I'm gonna bring up a couple of pictures. This first one is Steve and Sarah Truix and their son, Braden. Some of you guys know Steve and Sarah. Uh, the other, next one is Ryan and Kate Johnson and their daughter, Raya, who finally likes me. <laughs> And then uh, this next one was some personal close, close friends of my wife, Lee, and I. Uh, this is the Faltinskis, uh, which you may have seen them in the news. Uh, he's a Mishawaka police officer, and they just adopted a safe haven baby. And, uh, but both of their daughters were foster children, and they've been now adopted. And um, go ahead and bring that picture up of all of them. Folks, here, here was the idea that I had this, because I was pondering this, this idea of being chosen for adoption. I thought of these three incredible families. Because first of all, they uh, took on somebody else's kids in foster care, which is no small feat. But long-term, they adopted these kids as their own. And here's the real point that I wanna make. Can I say this? These kids have become. And here's what I mean by that. They have become family. Like Braden is a true ex. And, and, and Raya is a Johnson. And, and Kaya and Maya are Faltinskis, and they are no longer just their adopted sons or, or their, their, their foster sons and daughters. They are, they are family. And they're not even like, oh, they were adopted. No, they're, our, they're ours, baby. And I love, can I, can I say that this is a beautiful picture of the kingdom of God? Because truth is, folks, that you and I, we are, we, are, we are dead without Christ. We are dead without Christ. We, we, would, we would have gone, who, who knows where we would have ended up, and yet Jesus himself says to us, this everlasting father, like, son, daughter, you're mine. Forever. What a beautiful picture of this, and we can experience this. What's available to us in the everlasting Father? A whole—I'd say it this way—a holy adoption has taken place. A couple of scriptures: Galatians three twenty-six says, "So in Christ Jesus, you who are all—sorry, uh, so in Jesus Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith." John 1, 12, yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. 2 Corinthians 6, 18, and I will be a father to you and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Children of God, sons and daughters, folks, I mean, chosen for adoptions, that is a big deal. If you ask those children, like Brayden, and, and, and if you ask Raya, which she's young, she might not be able to tell you, but, but if you ask Brayden and, and Raya, and right now I know if you ask Kaya Faltinsky the reality of how, what they feel being adopted, oh, can I tell you what? They would, they would smile, and they would have so much joy, and they would tell you, oh, I feel so good. 
And so I, I, I think sometimes what we can do in this life is that we can forget. I don't know about you, but I can sometimes forget about the adoption that has taken place in my life. And folks, we need to remember this. And so here's what I, I think is I brought two questions for me this week as I was working on this. And, and I want us to really ask these questions to ourselves. First one is this, when was the last time I let the fact that I am chosen change my day? When was the last time I let the fact that I was chosen change my mood, change my outlook on life? Sometimes we might need this idea of being chosen and adopted by God to, to actually change the outlook on our life because sometimes we can just focus on the bad stuff. I think that we gotta, we gotta let this chosenness like change us and, and regularly, we just have to, I, I put it in my notes this way, I think we have, to, we have to embrace the chosenness and soak it all up, grab onto it. So that's something for you to consider. The second thing is this, and this might just be for a couple people in the room. Have I walked through the adoption process available to me by the everlasting father? Ask yourself that question today. Have I, not, not what, your, what your spouse has done or what your kids have done or maybe your, your mom or your dad or your grandma, or those kids, have you, have you actually walked through the adoption process available to you by the everlasting father, by, by Jesus Christ dying on a cross, sacrificing his life for yours, you then in return actually giving your life in the control of your life over to him. Have you gone through that adoption process? Because if you, here's what I would say, it, it, you, you will probably know if you have, if, if, you, if you're the same person you were 10 years ago, you probably haven't gone through the adoption process. Because Jesus is a transformer. Not like transformers, more than, not that. <laughs> but Jesus is a transformer. You ought to be seeing some things different in yourself and other people should be seeing some things different in you if you have gone through the adoption process. Maybe, maybe for some of you, if you haven't, by the way, it's, it's okay if you haven't, but don't stay that way. If you haven't gone through the adoption process, if you've not given your life over to Jesus, here's what, I'm gonna, here's what I would ask of you today is to say, hey, this Christmas, would this Christmas be the one that you finally say yes to Jesus? Following his ways, doing the things that he would say to do and avoiding the things he would say to avoid. Can I tell you, it's probably the best decision you could ever make in your life. Don't let another Christmas go by. Maybe it's something to think about. I've talked about that point a long time. So that's point one, being confident in everlasting father because we've been chosen for adoption. Second thing, you can fill this in, be confident in the everlasting father because he gives us some goodies. I'm not gonna belabor this today, but it's, uh, I wanna go to verse 29 of the text. It says, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. And as I was studying this, I was really stuck on that word immediately. Immediately her bleeding stopped and she was freed from her suffering. Not, and it was interesting because it was just after touching the cloak. It was after touching the cloak of Jesus. He didn't, she didn't touch his hand. She didn't touch his foot or, or anything like that. She, she just touched his cloak. And talk about a significant gift for her. I mean, immediately freed from something that she dealt with for 12 whole years. And experiencing then the power of the everlasting father. By the way, there was power there. It actually even says in the text, Right In verse 30, it says that Jesus realized that power had gone out from her, power indeed to give her that gift. And, in, and if you think about this, just kind of, again, putting yourself in the story a little bit, verse 20, uh, 25 again says that her bleed, her, she was bleeding for 12 years, right? A woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. And then verse 26 says this, this is crazy. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. She didn't have any money. And yet, instead of getting better, she grew 
worse. And then yet at the end, in verse 34, it says that Jesus says to her, go in peace and be freed from your suffering. I mean, this would have been better than Christmas morning. I mean, I want you to think about this. Think about the best gift that you have ever received. I mean, picture it in your mind. Think about that gift. And maybe it was a Christmas gift or maybe it was a birthday present or anniversary gift. And, And think about when you got that gift, what your reaction was. Like, how excited did you get? What, did, you, did you shriek out? Did you cry? Did you, did you like just give crazy hugs? What was your reaction? And he, again, here's what I want us to understand today is the fact, folks, that this, again, if you, you take that reaction and you multiply it by 10, 100, you might be able to scratch the surface of how excited she was and how thankful she was. It's, by the way, it's the effect of the everlasting father. That's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus does showing up and showing off and throwing some good stuff our way. He gave her a big gift. It's in his nature to do it. Just take a look at a couple of scriptures. James 1, 17, you might know this verse. It says, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Everything good, folks, is from him. The everlasting Father. By the way, this is actually an important uh, biblical truth to understand is the reality is if it ain't good, it ain't him. If it ain't good... And ain't Jesus. By the way, without getting into the weeds of everything, if it's not good, then it, and it's not from him, and it means that it's actually from the darkness of this world and the enemy of your soul, Satan, who wants to only just actually pin you down. And so I think sometimes God gets a bad rap because it's like, well, things aren't good. Well, guess what? He didn't provide that. The enemy provided that. We need to fight against the enemy, y'all. We need to fight against the enemy of our soul. And so when, here's the reality about my, about my God, about your God, is this, is that he gives good stuff. And so when we need courage, he'll give us courage. Strength, he'll give us strength. Friendship, he'll give us friendship. When we need a material need here, he'll give us the material. Maybe he'll give us the fruits of the spirit and love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. He'll give us good. Psalm 85, verse 12 says, the Lord will, look at this, indeed give what is good. I love the fact that the word indeed is, it could have just said, the Lord will give what is good. It's like, no, no, no. The Lord indeed will give what is good. Matthew 7, 11, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I love the, the, the phrase, how much more? How much more will the everlasting father give good to us? Can I say way more? Way more. I was thinking this week, it was like a, uh, it's like a, when a kid, you know, like some of you guys have kids, you, you've experienced it. Like it's when like a kid asks their mom for something and they say no. And then what happens? They go to dad, right? They go and they ask dad and, and, and though, though, uh, and, and, cause they, they know that dad's going to probably say yes. Now again, mom, you're, don't, don't get me bad emails, right? You're probably right. They probably don't need the treat because dinner's happening. Those kids, I'm not saying that, that that was right, right? But, but I was thinking about this, this idea of like when, 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 a, when, a, when a mom says no, sometimes a dad will say yes. And, and, and so like the kids know that. And so they go to the dad. And, and, and so the, the truth of what I want to kind of get to this is, is the fact is this, is that uh, the, the dad can sometimes often be the one to hand out the goodie. And folks, I think we need to look at the father in heaven to say, hey, dad, the world's telling me no and all this stuff. But hey, dad, can I tell you, if we approach God like that, 
man, he might actually say, yeah, go ahead, have that goodie. Which kind of made me think about this this week. This is a question I think is also good for us to ask this. Let's come on. What's one good gift, one good thing God's given me recently? Can you think of something? What's one good gift and one good thing that God has given to you recently? Um, again, I think sometimes it's so easy to walk through our life and just walk through and, and we can forget this everlasting father nature of Jesus and we can just walk through that we can forget that we're chosen. We can forget that he's given us good stuff because we can just only have to like, like look at the, look, the negative stuff. And so I was thinking about this. I was thinking about uh, my life. And so I wanted to answer this question. And the, question that, the answer to this question for me came up uh, was I was, the gift that God has given to me in the last couple of weeks is some wisdom and discernment on uh, not fixing a car. How many of you guys know that like, like there are certain people that they love vehicles because they can afford to buy new ones all the time? Pastor Matt doesn't do that. And so I hate vehicles. I hate them because they're just rust buckets and all those kind of things. And so I've been, I try to like submit my car stuff to God and be like, hey, what should we buy and what should we fix and those kind of things. And so we got, uh, got news over the Thanksgiving holiday that our car uh, is gonna end up needing $4,000 worth of work. And so that was pretty devastating. And it's weird because though I had peace about it. And here's why I had peace about it, because like uh, about a year ago, we found out that there was gonna probably need, need about another $3,600 worth of work and we were gonna fix it. But I was praying about it and I'm like, Lord, I don't wanna spend $3,600 on fixing this piece of junk that's gonna probably just rust out and all those kind of things. And, and so then I was praying about it and I just kind of felt in my spirit. And actually, I think Leah reminded me this week that Tyler uh, was like, hey, you know, you don't have to fix that. And the Lord used Tyler. And, and, and as I was praying about this to say, hey, you're right, it's actually still running, it starts. It moves forward. It moves backwards when it needs to. And so we didn't fix the $3,600 thing. And then, and so then like literally over the Thanksgiving holiday, when we realized that the car was gonna need $4,000 worth of work, I was like, I am so thankful that God gave us the wisdom and discernment through people and through prayer and all kinds of stuff to not put 30, because I would have, how many of you know, I don't enjoy spending a whole lot of money anyway, and let alone like $8,000. God let us a good gift to say, hey, don't fix that. It still runs. By the way, some of you might need that wisdom and discernment sometimes. If your vehicle runs, you don't need a new one. All right, he sells cars. I'm sorry. I love you, brother. I love you. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? Like, like submitting that stuff. So like, like I, I think sometimes like we, like in some ways it was like a small thing, but it was like a big thing, Right? And so I, I, I go back to the woman's story, like the woman's bleeding after 12 years and so much heartache and it just stopped. Um, like sometimes folks, like the, the Lord will, will like show up big time like that. And other times it'll say, hey, don't buy that thing or hey, don't have that conversation or you know, hey, have that conversation. Hey, buy that thing. Hey, bless that person. Sometimes I think we'd all benefit from looking a little more day to day into the gifts that God actually gives us. I know I can sometimes forget to do that. Because what that does is folks, is what we're talking about today is that we can then be confident in Jesus. We can be confident in an everlasting father. Maybe I'll say it this way. We can be confident in a good, good father because he gives us good. Which is our second point, be confident in the everlasting Father because he gives us some goodies. We just have to look around. We have to see it, even if they're small, right? 
So again, I ask you, what, what's one good thing that God has given to you recently? Can you think of one? Just put it in your mind. Because my guess is if you can't think of one, you're probably not thinking hard enough because the Lord has given you some good. He has. So that's our teaching for today. I think some good, important things to consider is chew on as we consider this everlasting Father, the fact that we can, just to recap the two points, because we can be confident in the evolution because we've been chosen for adoption and he gives us some goodies. Thanks for joining us this week. We pray that you are challenged and blessed by this message and that you find application for it in your life as God leads you through this week. For more information about us, please visit our website at cornerstonevineyard.church.